Good grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a magnanimous day. It's your girl, Yammy, a.k.a. Yams B. Sam. And you are now listening to Can I Be Honest? (sighs) Can I be honest? This was a refreshing um, month for me. Because I have been able to just kind of have conversations with people who don't necessarily have all the same experiences that I have, but who happen to be Haitian. And, uh, I don't know, it kind of served as a therapeutic kind of thing. I, um, this episode that you're going to listen to is a conversation that I had with, and what? She has a podcast I, that I encourage you guys to listen to as well. Um, it was super insightful, uh, so much so that we decided that we're going to do a part two on her platform. So that'll be dope. Super excited. Um, so just go ahead and start listening. Get your vibes ready. But first, a message from our sponsor. Grace and peace, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are having a magnanimous day. It is your girl, Yammy, a.k.a. Yams B. Sam. And you are now tuned in to Can I Be Honest? Woo-woo. And today I have the fortitude to be speaking to one of a friend that I, uh, if you've been following the Thank God I'm Haitian series for the month of May, that I have not known for uh, 10 or 20 years. <laughs> Someone who I am, um, I am gradually having the pleasure of getting to know. Um, her name is Anne. She has a wonderful podcast that you guys should be subscribing to as we speak called Anne What? Anne What? Um, and I will kind of put her information in the deep so that you guys can subscribe, like, share, and hear about her Christian journey. Professionally, she serves as an educator for a school system that I will not mention unless she wants to. Right. And she is also a Zoe tatted on her chest. Yes, she yes. is Zoe. <laughs> and she reps it very, 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 very well. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Anne. Hey y'all. Thank you for having me on your podcast, Yami. I am excited. I'm I'm this about to be lit. It's about lit. to be crazy. I'm here for this. I'm here for this conversation. Liddy, Liddy, Liddy. Um, so now, Anne is what I would consider as someone who is being, uh, as someone who has been, was born after what I call the, um, the Fuji era, <laughs> meaning like she, like she didn't necessarily, like most of the people that you, uh, that you've uh, listened to previously um, in this past month have had experiences with, uh, um, being Haitian that I would consider is more so geared towards people having a lack of understanding where Anne kind of fits in is a generation of people who, well, I don't know, I guess we'll find out what her experiences were, but generally speaking, it was after fairly after, um, like where she became, you know, adult or a teenager or whatever, after, um, after the Fuji era or like it was popular to be Island or whatever. So with that being said, Miss Ann, could you please tell the people what it was like for you growing up Haitian and talk about the the demographic that you grew up in, where you grew up and all of that? All right. So um, growing up Haitian was it was it kind of happened. It was a journey. Um, I grew up in a predominantly uh, white small town and um so there weren't a lot of islanders um there weren't even really a lot of black people um one incident i remember when i was in elementary school is actually a few incidents where my teachers would call me out because of my uh skin complexion or they would literally tell me you look different like you don't look like a regular black person i'm just like i don't understand what you're saying but yeah it took it took a while for me to accept um, my Haitian heritage, it took a while for me to actually love where I came from. And a lot of that 
took place when I started to do my own research and when I started to learn about the culture for myself and where I came from. Visiting also gave me a new sense of appreciation for my parents and their journey and what it took for them to, to basically leave their home, what they knew, and come to America to give us a better life. So it's it's been it's definitely been a journey. I can definitely say now I have a full, bold appreciation and love for my people, um, for my country, like every other place, you know, it definitely has its issues, but I love my culture. I love my people. It's 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 a privilege. Like like your shirt says, like I thank God I'm Haitian. Like I thank God for the way I grew up. Like our food is flavored and seasoned, like impeccably so. Okay, it's just, <laughs> it's just, I love it. I, I, I really don't have, well, I'm not gonna say I don't have any complaints because obviously I grew up in a Haitian household. So the discipline and, and all of that definitely looks slightly different, um, but it's, it's, it shapes who I am. And I, I appreciate that. It really definitely, I don't know, made me even fall in love with myself too. Learning Ooh. about my culture, learning about my background, learning about where I come from and and also the struggle of of the Haitian people. I think that really definitely just gives me a boldness in what I want to do as well. I think that's interesting because it's true. The more you learn, like if you are um, uneducated on the, the historicity behind the Haitian right. culture, growing up in America, generally speaking, you'd be left to be, believe that, yo, we're everything that the, the like the propaganda that the um, media exactly. kind of portrays when generally speaking, it's not what it is, which when you do your research, um, <laughs> and someone who shared a comment is uh, uh, Vivian, and, um, it, but we've had this conversation about just kind of like how, like, a, a lot of times, and uh, um, in uh, part two of "Thank God I'm um, I'm Haitian," I, I talked with a mental health professional about being Haitian enough. Um, but it's this thing, though, that's kind of like uh, like for me, I'm always geared towards yo, but like I don't care what you say. Let me tell you why, because I'm <laughs> Haitian. You know, I'm amazing. You know what exactly. I'm in 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 a way, there's some there's some things uh, that about that that that's synonymous with dealing with um, like I, I think a mental health component, but for the most part, it is also pride because you know yeah, that, that because part. right because you are you know Haitian within a lot you're in your bloodline, especially when you feel so um, when you feel like you want to complain more. Mm -hmm. and kind of start reflecting on your family or the things right. that they've kind of gone through or whatever your your mentality shifts that doesn't mean that we don't need to kind of deal with the fact that you know if we feel like we're complaining it's it's okay to kind of vent those frustrations out but also yeah. there's a part of us that's kind of this resilient in spite of yeah we yeah. experience like you yeah, mentioned that definitely go ahead that definitely stems from from my ancestors too, because their resilience is is just it just I don't know it's it's inspiring. So when you do think about your struggles and how difficult life is in America for us, and then you talk to your parents and they're like, "Listen, when I was in high school, I had to walk two hours to go to school every day," and then it's just like, "Okay, I can I can take this bus to school. That smells. It's fine. I could do that. I could do that." Not a problem. Yeah. You me you mentioned um uh, growing up in the Haitian household and the discipline. Let's talk about kind of specifically to you what it was like for you kind of um growing up in a Haitian household. And I know that we have I don't like everybody that I've kind of spoken with um this week when we talk about kind of the the pluses and minuses of growing yeah. up in a Haitian household. There's always this kind of hesitation. It's kind of like this, 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 this. But you know, our parents did everything that we that they could. It's kind of like yes. we know that they may be watching or listening or whatever, right. and we don't want to be like, yo, we don't appreciate nothing. It's not that, but also, you know, that kind of thing. So, talk to me about the pluses and and, and minuses. And for the sake of argument, let's start with the negative, so that you can go ahead and tell us all five. <laughs> um, part of the negative um, that I 
found in uh, my family was the inability to talk about our feelings. I think that, and I'm saying that first because that's one of the things that I found that I struggle with in my adult life is expressing how I feel um, in a in a healthy way, not just for me, but for also other people. Um, I don't know why it was just, it's like, if you fall down, like let's say you're doing something wrong and your parent, your mom, you just tell me like, stop running. And I wouldn't stop running and I would fall and she wouldn't like come and comfort me. The first thing she would say is leave on who? Yeah, yeah, that's what you get. Cause I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you about yourself but you didn't want to listen. Like you didn't really get a lot of comforting moments, uh, especially when you were most in pain. But um, that's that's definitely something that is a negative. Uh, another thing is, I think really in the Haitian culture, I felt like school-wise, I felt secluded from a lot of my friends because um, it was not, like I never had an option to go to to parties, to do sleepovers. Like I got to a point where people stopped asking me if I wanted to come to parties because they knew I was like, I can't come. My parents are gonna say no. So it it um, it kind of can be isolating sometimes when you're in an environment um, that's not like your culture. Like I feel like school would have been significantly different if I had other Haitian, you know, people who went to my school or if I um, had that sense of community to kind of who understood the why behind um, a lot of what I did. And it, it, I don't know, definitely influenced, um, I think my relationship with people too. It's like the negative things have the most influence than the positive things. It's just like, ah! Uh, but it's the discipline I think is also something that, that comes to mind. Um, but I will say, you see, I'm here, I'm doing it. I will say though, <laughs> I am very thankful for, for my parents and for how they disciplined us because you know, I teach, okay? And I really can say that sometimes I look at these kids, I'm just like, I wish my parents raised you too. <laughs> You would have been a completely different person, but um, the discipline, I think they definitely took it to an extreme, but I think a lot of that ties to the fact that from my understanding, Haiti doesn't have like a abuse policy, but I think those are my top three things, like the inability to express your feelings, um, to, to be vulnerable with your, with your parents and even with your family. Like I really did struggle with just being completely transparent and vulnerable um, with with my family. And that definitely, I think, became a challenge later on in life, so. I'll, I'll agree. I, um, if I'm, I this, okay, at the time that this podcast airs, I would have turned 33. So I'm 33, not now, but at the time of this podcast. <laughs> And it's probably now more so than ever that even even with the dynamic between my my mom and me, it's mm-hmm. kind of changing to where there's a little bit of vulnerability. And mm-hmm. I, I and I and uh, my mom is a mental health professional. And one of the things that we talked about, uh, I think this week or last week, was how there was because uh, I was I was telling her um, I was actually apologizing. Because there were some things that I I, I I probably pushed being Haitian American, you know, I'm just kind of like, right. you should be able to tell me this and you should be without the understanding that it's not that she purposefully withheld um, right. information from me or whatever, but some things may be trauma centered for her. Yeah. Wow. You know, some wow, things are good. not yeah. some things she just can't she 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 or she doesn't remember because they're so far removed from her. And and, and even with me, I, I uh, raising my daughter, I, I try I'm trying more to mm-hmm. be vulnerable. So there's some things that she's going to learn about me when she grows older that she's gonna be like, oh, you know, that part of you is pretty trashy, mom. And I'm going to have to sit on uh, sit on this because to my mom, I was like, "You gotta tell me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, but and I and and I think I respect I respect 
I, did, I, I had a, I had the, the vulnerability is what I'm trying to say. It, 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 I think with time had, I think because my mom understand like, it's like a give a little bit, like she's understanding mm-hmm. that there's a part of me that probably needs um, the comfort of knowing the why behind something. Right. And, and she was just kind of like, and there's some things that I could have done better for sure. But I'm telling you now, because I know I, 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 I see the effects of what it had on your personality and I know you're raising a daughter and I don't want the generation to continue so I think that mm-hmm. it's true it's true to be said that that that, that to some respect it, it and this is me doing the same thing They're like <laughs> it's, it's not all bad but there's yeah. some things that if you don't know you don't have the knowledge you don't have the language for you can't necessarily yeah. communicate effectively and then we don't have we don't have perspective I heard my dad say um, one time about preaching um, that there's a different there's a difference um, between being uh, knowing the culture like we we do and being mm-hmm. thrusted into the culture. Yeah, there's a yeah. communication like it. What what's that uh, phrase? Kale pale kale kompun. It's it's different. So while we transition into that, talk about the positives that you uh, feel like you experienced growing up in a Haitian household. I think the positive is um, one of the things that they instilled in us is the importance of education. Um, that was just something that was rooted from from the beginning. Like there was one incident where we had moved and the day that we had finished moving, my dad went to the school to register us for school and they're like, oh, they can't actually start until tomorrow. He's like, no, they're starting today. <laughs> and we were in school literally that same exact day. So um, I think the importance of education, the value of education um, and to to also see my parents themselves, you know, go to college and get their degrees and um it's it's just they never just said things just to say things they always had reasons for them and um they also served as examples for the things that they tried to teach us and another positive thing i would say is is the strength but i don't think the strength was directly taught i feel like that was just something that we like picked up as we as we continue to grow but to you know remain consistent and persistent in things and to to see things through is really uh, another lesson that I definitely can say they taught me but um culturally I think one of the most positive things is is just growing up it was difficult to to kind of appreciate you know the Haitian culture but our parents, I feel like, definitely did a good job of trying to get us to see Haiti the way that they saw it and not the way, like you were saying earlier, how it was portrayed to us. So they did tell us, you know, stories about about growing up and not all of them were great, obviously, but they did definitely, definitely give us a sense of appreciation for who you are and where you come from. That's That starts, that's the beginning of who you are. So you have to obviously... Um, love that part of you and um, I also would have to say uh, faith faith that's probably should have been my number one to be honest because to to have struggled and to see my parents struggle but the one thing that never wavered for them was their faith in God like that that was a constant throughout it didn't matter what the situation was how bad it looked how impossible it looked one thing that they definitely stood firm on is is their belief in God so that definitely uh taught me a lot as well I think you referenced it earlier having having uh an understanding as far as lessons and then having the experience of Haiti I'm probably the clearest cleanest water on a beach that I've ever seen and I've yeah. traveled, you know, through Europe, through, you know, parts of the United States was in Haiti. That matched with, you know, the mountains and the word yeah. Haiti is, it, it means high mountain. The be- um, and then the culture and the people. And then, you know, the, yeah. the passion 
a lot of people don't necessarily understand that, um, like uh, many of us, we talk with our hands when we yeah. say things. Well, most and most, uh, I, I I found this about most island people and um, and some different religions where like the pa- the passion and how we speak, most people may misconstrue as being you know angry or argumentative. Yes. When in essence. Well, most most I would argue to say that most Haitians are born with an innate desire to want to argue about most things. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. And then uh, when we when we think that we are right, you know, we use our hands and then our face and then our expressions and then our bodies. Right. I remember um, uh, when they were doing what was it? it? Was was it the hurricane in two thousand four? I don't know. Um, there was a hurricane that, that passed through Haiti um, right around our 200 year. And um, they were having an interview with someone and like he was, he was talking, he was in the middle of devastation. He was mm-hmm. talking and he was so expressive and he was so passionate. And he was like, I, I think I remember the interviewer just kind of being like, yo, like they should be, <laughs> you know, hella sad right now. Right. And they, their disposition, their continence doesn't look like what they're experiencing. And I'm like, yeah. if I could have all of that in me at all times. Right. Oh, God. And even and even to an outsider, sometimes when you do kind of display that, it's kind of like, oh, you're being fake or you're not being, you know, you're not being real. Like everything mm-hmm. is not rosy and stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. But at the same token, my my predisposition is not to remain in my sadness. It's to right. kind of, all right, yes, this happened. This terrible, horrible thing happened. Now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, very good. Like it's it's the the mentality shift. I think that that takes place there. It's like okay, we recognize that this is a situation that we're in. It's not a nice situation it's 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 difficult it's sad it's scary um but i think the go mentality like regardless of you know what's trying to work against us to continue to move forward and continue to go is definitely something that i i think i see in in a lot of i mean obviously people but just in the haitian community and the haitian culture like to not ever give up <laughs> and to fight until you get you get what you want yeah to say how you feel though, <laughs> to be mad, to be mad yeah. at that moment and to be mad forever maybe, <laughs> but also in the middle of being mad to never give up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. And do you have any, you have siblings. Do you have any brothers? Yes, I have one brother. He is the youngest of all of us. Oh, this, this next question is, it's kind of like, <laughs> like dual because he's the youngest but I'm going to ask it anyway so do you think that there is a difference in how Haitian parents raise their young men yes yes (laughs) I don't I I have I have perspective but give me yours yes the and to my Haitian people who are listening no offense but y'all know this is true all right we're not gonna lie okay they are coddled and catered to coddled and catered to and it's not even just when they're growing up even as husbands like i i really which i don't know i think it depends on how you look at it but sometimes you know when my mom would feed my dad first and like she would like give him like the fancy plates he would have like separate bowls like one bowl for his saucepois one bowl for his his uh uh sauce one plate for his his rice and he had like a, a and I'm just and we have all of our food on a paper plate and it's just like okay are we not special too but um, I definitely my but it the funny thing is though it comes more so from in my experience I can't speak for all Haitian households but in my experience it was my mom who definitely did the catering and the coddling um, my brother had a lot of his own food <laughs> she would specifically buy things only for him that we literally could not have and could not touch. And it's just like, this is not, this is not fair. And I don't know if it was because one, he was the only boy and he was the youngest, but nah, I think it was because he was, he was a boy. I think it was the gender all day. 
but there's oh. definitely a difference. There's a huge difference. And also there's more leniency for, mm. for, the, for the boys than it is for the girls. I don't feel like, the expectation I feel like is different for, for the girls than it is for the boys. Like we're like drilled to be, you're gonna go to school and you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that and, and you're gonna get married and whatever, whatever. But then, you know, you have those, again, my Haitian people, no offense, but you know, it's true. You have those Haitian men, Haitian men who are still sitting in their mother's house and she's still catering to them. I'm just like, but if I do that, I'm, I'm looked on as an hip-hop, like, like a vagabond. I can't do that. It's not, that's not acceptable. But yeah, there's, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. Um, even with how my dad, like the way that he really was, his expectation for us was significantly different, I feel like. And my mom was more nurturing to my brother than I feel like she was to, to my sisters and myself. Mm. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna need a, a professional <laughs> to to help delve into that portion of it because I don't like because I, I like in one instance I'm a, I'm an only I'm a mother's only child I do have a blended mm-hmm. family and I do have a perspective and I know for me that influenced how if I saw characteristics and things like that let me start off by saying <laughs> when I say this that I love Haitian men. I think yes. you guys are the pearl of the Antilles. You guys are uh, beautiful and wonderful and, and beautiful in, in, in every aspect sure. of art. Sure. But when it came to how events, at, at some point after dating, you know, Haitian, Haitian brothers it, who had a mentality, and not all of them, not mm-hmm. all of them. I can, only, I can only really speak for one, but it was... <laughs> It was it was one too many, and I was just kind of like, "Yeah, this ain't gonna work for me." <laughs> so, like for you, do you think that that has affected? I mean, I know that. Well, I know that Lauren, the the area that we live in is kind of a developing uh, metropolis. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to say a word, but it's not coming out right. But it's de- developing in the Haitian community. But do you think that impacts how? Um, how your willingness to want to date a Haitian man. For sure, because I'm not going to. Um, and I think it that's really probably the only reason why, because just seeing um, my mom and how her relationship with my dad was, that I just looked at that and I was like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I want a partnership. Like, I'm all for, you know, wives submit to your hut. Like, okay, I, I don't disagree with it, but um, I'm also not, not a servant and I'm not your mother. I'm not a maid. And not to say like Haitian men, like that's what they're all looking for in a woman, but it definitely, I feel like for me personally, I feel like that expectation is definitely there. Like, yes, you cook every day and, you clean and you shouldn't really expect any help. Like not only would my mom sit there and have this extravagant dinner set for my dad, but when he was done, he would get up and leave the table. Didn't even go and put his dishes in the sink. Like you can't wash the dish. I got like not one dish. So that for me, I looked at that and I was like, nah, nah, this is not my calling. It's an so imbalance. It's an imbalance for sure. And it's an imbalance yes. because there's, it feels sometimes, and this is not universal because I have seen older Haitian men, younger Haitian, younger new generation of men who are more prone to wanting to be in a partnership mm-hmm. and are not uh, abusive when it comes to that. But I yeah. do think that the constant exposure to um, that kind of mentality, and I don't, honestly, I don't even know if I saw it in my household for real, because my dad, like if my mom was, my mom was at one point going to school and working and stuff like that, my dad know how to cook rice and he would, <laughs> like he, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You know what I'm saying? He would, he, he would, he would work just like my mom. Mm-hmm. He would, uh, he would cook sometimes just like my mom as well. But I do think that if you're in an environment where that is the, um, the exception and not the rule, 
your predisposition to believing in your mind uh, that yo this is this is how most of them are if if seventy five percent of them are like this, that means that the ratio that I'm gonna find and <laughs> and then right. when we say we're uh, we're only specifically talking about Haitian men, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you know american American white black Hispanic Asian you know whatever right men are not the same way but I do I I do I do wonder sometimes if the exposure to that especially in an environment where it's not like we're not working women women of modern times are not also working you know um but you know the the working and expectation to do all of the household chores all of that the, the child rearing is probably a problem um that that in some ways prohibits um, the young girl uh, and I include myself in that from wanting to date um men. but there are also I think there's a thing about dating a Haitian man that's yeah. different than any other man like yeah. it's a I, I had a friend describe it as kind of being under a spell I had an American friend yeah. describe it as being under a spell at some point and I'm just kind of like yeah because you know then you know they yeah yeah you start dancing close or something and then you know they, they whisper sweet nothing in your ear they do and then you're like wait these Haitian men they have games they have games do I love you the right I'm talking about, the, and I'm about the most unappealing uh, unappealing on the outside man could come to you smell nice have a nice shirt on talk to you real quick and you're like oh <laughs> it's over. You got me. <laughs> oh, I love my Haitian men. I just don't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can be married to a traditional Haitian man. That's just. That's true. And I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and I, I. I am not. I am not married to a Haitian man by any means. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that. <laughs> yeah. One of the things though that I do um, wrestle with too is uh, the cultural aspect and raising my my kids in that um, future kids. Mm. like I I would still definitely try to influence um my culture on my kids if I were to date outside of my culture but I feel like having a a Haitian husband would definitely make that easier um but um because the responsibility wouldn't just be on me if if that makes sense I agree I agree I think it like for me in my instance it helps that my husband also had had some experiences with Haitian men, which is not necessarily mm-hmm. like it's yes, it's positive, it's not positive, but um, but Haitian men in general, so they're the same, the same eagerness that I have to expose capital to a part of our culture, um, is the same eagerness that I think that he holds. So I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think the responsibility of, of, of but the responsibility still falls kind of on me because I'm supposed to be the expert. Which is yeah. For me, I just send. I just want to send her to South Florida and let them have. Live with her. Like I mean, let's let's be real. My Creole is trash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, I, and I'm okay. And I'm okay with that. I, I I've accepted that 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 that's not the Haitian that I am. But I am down for my people. I am down for my culture. I'm down for yeah. I want people to know all day where I'm at. Where I'm at with it. But I do, I do feel you on that. That, that. There is, there can be sometimes a little bit of a struggle with making sure that she, if she's, she, because she's equally Haitian as she is American, you know. Right, immersing so. those two cultures together. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, as it relates to your pref- profession, do you think that your, uh, the way you grew up influenced how you, this, uh, what profession you decided to go into? Um, I don't think it influenced the profession that I wanted to go into. Um, cause I just, I just knew I always wanted to, to teach even when I was younger, but I can definitely see how my upbringing influences me as a teacher. Mm. Like there are some times when I have to reel myself and I'm just like, this is, this is cultural for you. It's not just like, for instance, walking into a room. I was raised when you walk into a room with people, you say hello to everyone. You go and you kiss everyone. And for me, one of the things I really had to just unlearn um, was 
students who walked into the room and said absolutely nothing. I'm just like, I'm, I'm offended. I'm just like, oh, you're not going to open your mouth to say anything? Like, good morning. But then I have to remember they probably weren't raised in that. That probably wasn't something that that was, and it's saying hello to someone when you walk in, like that is something that you you got in trouble for if you didn't do. Like they would they would go to your parents and be like, oh, your child was so disrespectful. They saw me, looked at me, didn't even say, like it's it's a big deal not to greet a Haitian. It's, it's, it's a very big deal. So um, a lot of unlearning things and a lot of also the discipline things I wrestled with um and a lot of the things that my parents instilled in me like the importance of education that came easily to me so my very first year I definitely had to to learn to accept that not all kids come from the environment where their parents drill you need to be successful in in school and um also just how and I'm not trying to bash my students but it is what it is okay they know who they are I love y'all, but y'all know who y'all, okay? <laughs> but um, it's just how, I don't know about you, but every time I left to go on the bus, the last thing my mother would say to me is act right because you are representing us. I don't want to hear from your teacher for any reason at all whatsoever. And if I do, it's baton sous baton. Like, it's 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 a wrap. It's over for you. So there there's a lot of, for me, um, I'm learning. And in that same token, it also showed me a lot of those roots that were issues. A lot of the things about myself that because they were cultural, um, weren't really positive and, um, definitely showed me a lot about who I am. So I don't think it influenced my decision, but it definitely impacts how I, how I teach. Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't raise them like, (laughs) like my own Haitian kids. I can't raise them the way that, you know, um, my parents did. And uh, it definitely, it definitely took a lot of, it took time. It still takes time. And it took a lot of um, unlearning. And I feel like that's with a lot of aspects in regards to our culture and the unlearning of things that aren't um, beneficial or even healthy definitely takes, takes time. Mm. All of that. Yeah. Well, because even when I think about greeting someone by their first name, greeting an adult by their first name. Oh, yeah. I despise (laughs) someone younger than me calling me Yammy. And when I say younger, I mean not an adult, someone who is a kid, you know, in the framework of a kid by perspective. I'm just kind of like, Oh, so you ain't got no respect. No respect. <laughs> I live there to the max. <laughs> and was, I had to think about I was like, how like where did this come from? Because you know, you get you think you don't think it's it honestly, it's not till I have to deal with other people that I realize how how ingrained yes. my Haitianness. Yes. Cause I'm yes. like, damn. What you mean calling me Yammy? <laughs> so you go, you go walk, you go walk right past. I don't care how many times you saw me. You go walk past me. Yes. You know <laughs> Every time you walk into a different room, even if it's the same person, you're going to have to say hi or you're my little And it's just that's so true. <laughs> Uh, some things I'm not unlearning. I'm sorry. Like, something Tabitha is just going to have to to take, and it's going to be one of those things that she's going to have to talk to her therapist about because <laughs> certain things just ain't. It's not leaving for me. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do? The ex, who was? I was having a conversation with Tim, my husband, the other day about grades or something like that. So mm-hmm. when they send out grades, obviously Tabitha's in kindergarten. Okay, right. So, like, the expectations should be gra- like progressive, like not as long as big. But like, they send you these things, and then they do this thing where they compare, like they show you your kid in comparison to other kids. And I saw something where I saw that Tabitha, like, she was meeting the standard. She was above the standard, but she went as high as the highest <laughs> kid. And I was just like, <laughs> "That's a problem." <laughs> Tim was over here like, oh, she's doing really good. I was like, well, is she? 
<laughs> is she doing good or could she be doing a little bit better? And you know my kid. You know she's intelligent. I mean, yeah. but at the same token, that, that part of me is just kind of like, <laughs> I actually had a conversation with my mom about that. She was like, one of these teachers that you had was talking about how you were doing okay and you were doing okay with a C. And I had to tell her really quickly <laughs> that a C is not acceptable. A C is what you think black kids should be getting, but that's not the standard. And I was like, <laughs> that is you're not lying i got in trouble for bees yammy <laughs> got in trouble for bees my mom had to intercede on my behalf once like my dad was going in it was one bee he was like no don't bring this home next time okay yeah. like it was it's it was it was bad like people would, we would hide our report cards if it wasn't all a's like and i think the part of it I thought I think a part of it is kind of like when they see you, when they see that, like less less than what they expect. How about that? Mm -hmm. The less of what they expect. It's just kind of like, um, ain't nobody travel across Haiti. <laughs> Had to deal with these, you know, these cautions on a regular <laughs> basis. For you to be out here getting nothing less than a, a 98%. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is so the, true. As a parent, I get the perspective, man. But as a kid, oh yeah. Oh. And it's not even just comparing like you to other people's parents or kids, rather. But it's also comparing like we, my siblings and I, we always got compared to one another. Like it was, it became an unspoken competition. Like report cards were coming around, like we would walk, you know, from the bus stop to to, to the house, asking each other, "So what you got on your report card? Oh, I got all A's. What you get? Oh, I got all A's." And then it wasn't even about all A's anymore. It was about who got A pluses, because A pluses and A minuses were different. So it was <laughs> definitely it, it's they definitely do do pit us against each other, and that I realized though for me. Um, that validation definitely, definitely influenced me. Like there was a point when I first graduated college and I was like, who am I now? How am I going to show that I am something <laughs> or, or how am I going to show that I am smart? Because yes, it's good that your parents are involved in your education, but um, to the point where you only feel validated from your grades, I think definitely has a negative impact for sure. Oh, that's good. I really am yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm gonna uh, if I don't uh, put a pin in it at some point we're gonna be talking forever so what I'm gonna do now is uh, two things uh, it's mental health awareness um, month as well as Haitian appreciation month so I want you to kind of speak uh, uh, kind of briefly and kind of uh, more detailed and I, and I think we said that we would we would continue like part two of this conversation on your platform mm -hmm. uh, but how um, mental how be, the perspective of uh of being Haitian from the context of mental health I don't know if I'm asking this question correctly but if you could mm -hmm. yeah it's um it's definitely different and I think for me one of the reasons why it took so long for me to actually go to therapy and get the help that I needed was because it's not like they speak, you know, against it a lot, but when they do, it's never from the stance to where it is a mental health issue. Um, it's always either the job or or something that, you know, you're over-exaggerating or doing wrong. And um, for me personally, when I went through um, my depression, one of the things that I felt like I really couldn't tell them um was that I was depressed because it's why why are you why are you like this and um I lived with my uncle actually um and one of the things that he he asked me was why is this how you are is, are you are you like this is this is this who you are and I was just like I guess but it's definitely um I think more difficult to to talk to um, and even to this day, I've never actually sat down with my parents and actually had like a full-blown detailed discussion of what I went through. Um, 
last year. We're actually coming up on a on a year since I've been hospitalized for my depression and and all of that. So it it's it's for me. I feel like um, it may be internal my my shame for it. Like I I feel um, even sort of guilty kind of for it. Um, I never really really felt like I had a safe space Mm. um, in my household um, to talk about, you know, how I felt and to talk about mental health. And also it was never really something (laughs) doctors and hospitals and medicine that really wasn't something that Haitians were you know, proponents for, like, it was, that was the absolute, absolute last solution, like, you, before you went to a doctor, my mother would make us tea, or, you know, but it, it, I think all of that definitely is one of the reasons why it took so long, because I felt like, um, how I felt was not valid, like, I shouldn't have felt that way, and I also felt like it, shouldn't it's just something that shouldn't be said you shouldn't say you feel depressed you shouldn't you shouldn't feel depressed so I think a lot of the suppressing um like I said earlier um not being able to share your emotions that definitely took a negative toll and um you know when you let all of the negative feelings about life or about yourself in for so long at some point it definitely does surface but I just never felt like there were ever real opportunities for us to talk about our emotions. Um, so definitely telling them, hey, I have you know, mental health issues. And even for a while, it, I didn't even really know what it was. Like it took going to therapy. It took, you know, <laughs> going to the hospital for them to tell me exactly what was wrong with me. Because for me, you know, when something happens for so long you just get so numb to it that you don't even realize how much of an issue it is until you're actually talking to someone and they're like this isn't normal you need you need help so um yeah I think that that in the Haitian culture um it it was very difficult to to say anything and to even want to say anything let me about let me- mental health let me ask you this. I'm going to say mm-hmm. I'm gonna say two things. I'm going to say one, that this speaks to that same thing that we were talking about. Like, even though it's bad, like, what are we going to do now? Like, that's right. that's kind of the perspective. The other thing, too, is, like, I'm Haitian. You're Haitian. You and I have a relationship. But do you think mm-hmm. that it was easier to tell a non-Haitian that you were experiencing depression um uh, and needed to, to, to seek medical treatment versus telling like me. Yeah. Cause it's just, um, you know, we talked about the resilience that we have and how, uh, we're just, it's instilled in us to be strong no matter what. So any sign of weakness or, or anything less than that, it's, it's difficult to, to actually, to, to feel it because you're always ingrained to know you have to, you have to be strong. You have to be strong. You have to be strong. But what about when I'm not? So when I, it was easier to talk to an American, honestly, because um, they are able to express their emotions and it's, it's, they, I feel like create safe spaces. I feel like that's really what the main issue is. And um, the safe spaces being one that doesn't come from judgment. Haitians mm. are are we're very, very judgmental. So it's it's that that aspect for me is is one of the reasons why it was difficult because I didn't want them to judge me. Like I didn't want them to to think less of me. Um and also I didn't want them to feel like they did something wrong or mm-hmm. it was their fault. And I didn't want them to to blame them themselves. So that's all of the reasons why I definitely held everything in because it wasn't just, Oh, I don't want them to look at me differently, but I don't want them to to look at themselves differently and to feel like I didn't do a good job as a parent. I didn't, I wasn't there and I 
I wasn't, you know, um, as active a parent as I should have been. I didn't allow them to share their emotions with me. I didn't sit down and talk to them. And it, I just didn't want them to carry that weight of guilt mm. for, for my mental health. So, or not even just my parents, but you know, the Haitian, any, any Haitian person, because really it's, it's, it's the judgment part. It's, it's the judgment part that, that I was afraid of. Well, let's, let's, I mean, let's, let's, let's tell it exactly how it is, because that's true. And if you don't have, you know, if you don't have context, you don't understand. It is not, it is not uncommon for you to have an experience that would be solely based off of your life decisions or your choices. And for your Haitian friend, um, uh, parent, cousin, sister, brother to be like, oh my God what did I do to deserve this? Yes, <laughs> like they put it on something. It's like, it's not true. It ain't you. And I'll be, I'll be honest. You're not my daughter. You're not my like cousin. We're not blood related. We, we're right. friends. But I mean, yeah. and, I, and I know that it's more of a, like on your, from your perspective, it's a mentorship friendship, but it's still a friendship. But when I heard, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I wasn't there for her. I did not listen to her. How did I not see this? I have yeah. mental health professionals in my life. I should be able to see. I did. I did. I was driving to the hospital thinking, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> How did I do this? Yeah, that, that is so true. And it's, it's, it's like, as you say that, I think back on a lot of the things when, where it's a situation that I really blame myself with, like, oh my God, what did I do? And it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like we always feel like when something happens, we should have done more, we could have done more. And then we just put all of and bear everyone's, everyone's weight. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is. (laughs) It is. This is a conversation that deserves a part two on and what, and And I believe We'll go ahead and do it that way because um, this is this is really good. So we'll talk about scheduling that. But for now, if you could let the people know how they could uh, reach out to you and um, when you're coming back and all that too. Okay. Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at and what underscore. And I don't have a Twitter. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I don't think I'm gonna make one. So it's Facebook and Instagram for now. <laughs> and when am I coming back? Yeah, I'm here for it. When am I coming back? Sam, I mean the next the next episode on this part two belongs to you. So you tell me when we can meet and when we can do a conversation. I'm here for it. Here for it all day. Thank you again for just inviting me on here. It was great talk. I feel like I just released so much. This was a therapy session for me. So, <laughs> it was so good for me too. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh yeah. In the words of the folks over there, Ratchet and Righteous, this was so good. Um, look forward to a part two of our conversation on uh, Anne's platform and what um you can follow her on um social media with that. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have been enjoying this as much as I have been enjoying this. It's been really dope for me. Well, I think we talked enough. So, bye bye.